radio for the Agile community. www.agile.fm Welcome to another episode of Agile FM. Today is back to Agile FM. Joe Justice, we spoke in, I looked it up, May 2020 uh, already on this uh, podcast. And last time, this was interesting, we talked about wiki speed a lot, um, cars, and you were sitting, I remember that vividly, you were sitting in a Tesla doing the recording, um, so straight from a Tesla, and today we're going to talk about Tesla. What's the irony of that after two years later? This is awesome, welcome back. What an amazing full circle. Joe, it's, it's my honor and privilege to be collaborating with you and your entire audience again today. Thank you so much. In the meantime, I did work at Tesla and operate the Agile program at Tesla, and I learned a lot. <laughs> and I'd be happy to Imagine. update the community on, on what I learned while yeah. working in the company. Yeah, so I just recently uh, traveled to to Austin for, for business reasons, and I took a cab back to the airport, and I kept traveling and traveling and traveling on that highway. I don't know what number that was, but I was still passing this new headquarter of Tesla. This building is in, under construction right now, but I believe somebody said it's the biggest uh, building in the, the country or something like that, in, in uh, square footage or something. And uh, it's obviously under construction, but it is massive and it's impressive. And it shows something about growth of this company. And I want to talk a little bit about what supports that growth. I want to talk a little bit about what's the agile mindset of, uh, of Tesla. This company is so on fire that uh, sometimes it feels like it's not transparent in what's going on. Uh, at least that's my perception, right? And you're going to debunk this because it is actually very transparent. Is it b bizarrely about transparency, I have not ever worked uh, in a company as transparent as Tesla, except when I ran my own company, Wikispeed. Wikispeed was the accounting was public. Anyone could join anywhere in the world. They could simply join the company and they were as inside as anyone else. Yeah. Tesla is the closest to that I've ever seen. And that from a company with 110,000 employees and 500,000 suppliers is shocking. Most people think by the time you have more than seven employees, you probably can't afford to be transparent anymore. And Tesla has destroyed that. Uh, for example, when Elon gives, what, what do I want to call it? I guess marching orders. When Elon says this is important, mm -hmm. he does it through Twitter. That's how the employees see it too. Wow. That, that's why it's so important that Twitter be a public record where you be able to say what you believe is important, whether or not everyone agrees, which is Elon's stance. Elon's stance is Twitter should be the global town square where anyone can say what they think is important and not be censored. The reason why, well, well one of them is that's how Elon uses it for the business. Mm -hmm. When Elon wants to say, here's the update of the master plan, he does it through Twitter. Like employees don't get it sooner than that. They look at Twitter too. So mm -hmm. the company is truly led in the open. Right. It's very different to other companies out there, right? Where you have to get a legal approval for going on Twitter first, right? Yes. Yeah. Where, where it's you get tweets where where other CEOs, for example, try to sound hip and cool, but it's gone through a PR department. It's gone through marketing. It was part of a quarterly release plan that was planned six months ago. Yeah. <laughs> and it, and it, it's completely different in Elon's case 
truly that's when the employees get the information as well. It's unbelievable. It's fantastic. So what he was or what Tesla is in the news very lately is uh, working from home, working from home, being, you know, being removed or, or at least like trying to be reduced to uh, coming back to, to site. Does that impact you being in Hawaii at all? <laughs> well, I'm no longer an employee in Tesla. I know, yeah. Uh -huh. But uh, the mechanics under Elon's statement of you need to be back in the office, work from home will no longer be accepted, um, except in exceptional cases. And you need to make the case to Elon. Mm -hmm. um, there are maybe two interesting topics here for, for this audience. Yes. One is shorter, so I'll, I'll get it out of the way first. And, and that is Elon saying, except in exceptional circumstances, and you need to make that case to Elon. Elon has a very effective business strategy, in my opinion, mm -hmm. called, he calls it doing your chores. Mm -hmm. And what this means is there are chores, a business leader, especially the CEO, but anyone in the business has to do every day or the company suffers or even fails. Mm -hmm. And that is, for example, you yourself viewing what are the exceptional circumstances to work from home, not delegating that to someone who might not have your same point of view right now. Mm -hmm. Elon is so deeply involved in the company that Elon does Elon's chores every day. It's these types of conversations. Okay, talk to me, to Elon. Yeah. Why do you think you need to work from home and no one else should? Do you understand why I believe it's important to not work from home? So that's the simpler concept. Do your yeah. chores. Phenomenally effective. Most leaders mm -hmm. delegate that stuff. Elon doesn't. And many, many years in, this has made Elon the very effective manager. Uh, by some measures, Elon is the most effective manager, leader, executive of all time, by some measures. Mm -hmm. um, objectively i mean ceo of five companies simultaneously they're all top profit all top right. impact in their fields globally this this is a new phenomenon not yeah. since possibly the yellow emperor of china has this occurred yeah. so the do your chores ethos is part mm -hmm. of it then the larger issue is why not work from home what's the issue there or what's the advantage to not working from home why is this why is this so important that in Elon's limited right. <laughs> seconds on planet Earth, Elon is investing many of those seconds convincing people or demanding that they cannot work from home? Why is this essential to the success of these Musk companies? And the core of it is Tesla makes physical products. If you're developing software for Tesla, if you're doing procurement for Tesla, if you're doing Human mm, resources for Tesla. Yeah. The goal is to be within touching distance of the machines and the materials that you're supporting. Well, wait, what does that mean if you're a software developer? If you're developing autopilot, the assisted driving functionality for Tesla cars, and it's also used all across the other Musk companies for other areas. Right. And it has artificial intelligence stacks as part of it, etc., like auto labeler. Um your goal is to be within touching distance of the machines that are etching the circuit boards for the autopilot computer or the machines that put the autopilot computer into the cars when they're sold mm. well why the feedback loop of being directly in the point of production accelerates the creative process yeah it also lets you physically mob 
if you were writing only a virtual product, if your product were virtual, like let's say you make an app for yeah. cooking recipes, yeah, and it's completely virtual, you could be remote. No, Tesla does not actually have very many purely virtual products. Um, even the Tesla app, which I have on my phone now, has a feature called Summon, mm -hmm. where you can call the car to you physically. It will yeah. attempt to come pick you up if it yeah. legally can do so. Uh, and you can open the trunk, honk the horn, vent the windows. You can make the car dance um, and it plays music and wiggles the windows up and down like an ocean wave. It, it, it's actually very entertaining in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and developers are making changes to robots, to factory floor automation, to um, procurement automation, and to the cars automation and car sensor suites. And the cars are getting 60 new parts a day. That includes electronics and circuits. So if you're writing something for the Tesla app, You'd think, mm -hmm. of course, I could do that remote. Well, it also controls, talks to the cars. And if the cars are getting 60 new parts a day, every day you are updating your code to be working well with the cars or checking at least, making sure your known stable interfaces are still valid and your test cases mm -hmm. are still valid and you're checking information security, going back and forth to the car and the app. That is way faster if you are within touching distance of the car's manufacturer. Mm -hmm. Now there's a last part of this. Um, I've been working with um, the mob mentality group yeah. uh, who, who advocates mob in primarily software development, but I've been using mob for hardware development and hardware engineering okay. and bringing that piece to them. And they propose and have some very intriguing data to back it up that if you have five people, four, three, two people, and you have a choice, they can work alone on different pieces of work, or they can work together on one piece of work. The quality is so much higher that the overall speed is far higher because mm -hmm. the reduced time in bug tracking, bug finding and bug fixing and bug deployment. Yeah. And the data appears completely sound. It appears mob is dramatically faster when you right. accommodate time to find, fix and deploy bugs. And people report higher job satisfaction and higher pace of skills improvement. Yeah. So if you could work remote, even in a remote mob, that would be next best. Yeah. But an in-person mob has an even higher rate of learning is what they're tracking. Yeah. So but even it is if it's a purely virtual product, in-person mm -hmm. mob has advantages, but virtual yeah. mob would be next best. And of course, never work alone if you truly want to be innovative quickly. Yeah. Well, this is, uh, so I had like uh, a few years ago, actually, it's just uh, reminded me I had Woody Zool on my podcast, like one of the, you know, like, I don't know if he would, wants to be called creator, but definitely one of the leading forces of uh, mob programming. Um, so that, that's very interesting. So that is an aspect that is uh, also happening at, at Tesla. And there's obviously in person. And that's one of the reasons why uh, Elon Musk is promoting uh, in person because of, of mob. And then the next one would be virtual mob. And that's, I think I, you know, using a lot of these tools like Zoom and et cetera, um, you know, they're great for some meetings and training and et cetera, right? But I, I don't know, <laughs> just by, by uh, evaluating this, how effective it would be for mob programming, right? Uh, other tools come into the mix. Any desk seems to help a lot. 
any desk through any video chat system or service. Uh, yeah, Zoom allows breakout rooms so you can dynamically repartition sub mobs. Mm-hmm. So if you were in a larger group, like I was at Tesla, often around 50 people, sub mobs can use breakout room functionality at will mm-hmm. uh, to form task specific mobs from the larger group. Uh, and that, that works well. Yeah. Uh, it is even easier in person. You're never waiting for a tool. No one's screen isn't sharing. I mean, if you listen to an audio recording of virtual development, remote development, there is so much waiting yeah of oh my microphone's not working oh you're muted oh sorry my headset battery died i missed the last 20 minutes (laughs) whatever it is um and you just don't have those issues you have different issues but not those issues when you're in person if pace of innovation is the only thing that matters in the long run in-person mob is the only way you would choose to work currently Mm -hmm. So, uh, and this comes from somebody, you know, who's obviously promoting in-person work, who is uh, for many, many people on this planet on the most beautiful spot on earth in Hawaii. So, you know, what the chances are, if you're promoting this, that means you're leaving the island at some point. Um, here, here is the challenge. It is easy to talk about work. And you can talk about work remotely. That's fine. You're not actually <laughs> doing work. Yeah. And if what I'm doing is reflecting on what I learned at Tesla and writing books, mm. creating podcasts, delivering keynotes, remote trainings, that's fine. But I'm freaking out. I, I guess this is a version of what people would call island fever. Maybe this is entrepreneurial island fever because I haven't built anything. Yeah. And if you actually want to create something new, create something innovative, not just talk about work. Mm-hmm. You've got to be there. You've got to physically be there. So yeah. I, I remodeled my condo so I could build something. Right. <laughs> getting active somehow, you know, yeah. doing something. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. But I'm currently shopping for factory land all around the world. I was looking in Japan yesterday. I was looking in Germany the day before. Um, I, I have a small piece of factory land on the mainland United States. Um, and, and absolutely my goal is to get back into product development um product production and for that you have to be co-located and in in fact if you want to be very fast you need to live there you need to actually sleep there yeah so you have to think where is some place that i can not have much overhead not have much slowdown yeah living there right that makes total sense um from a um and obviously, we can only speculate what you uh, what you would be doing with all the land, you know. Uh, and obviously, land is not something you would easily get in Hawaii. So, I, c- I can see why you're exploring other territories. Um, Tesla. I uh, just want to come back to that one time because what's also fascinating is uh, uh, to hear that you talk a lot about agile. You are a certified Scrum trainer, right? Is Scrum a thing, or is it more like? agile a thing is uh, I, I would my guess is and correct me if i'm wrong there would be agile right and that the organization is thinking about change and innovation rather than a specific process but what's 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 a what do the teams look like is there like a variety of things is uh you know spotify is very transparent also how they work in these things just curious scrum is way too slow for what tesla is doing but Scrum has a beautiful place in the world of business. So most companies around the world have 
annual or yearly or longer budgets. Mm -hmm. And they allocate the majority of the finances, at least at a coarse level, sometimes even at a fine detailed level for a year or longer. That's normal. That's how most companies around the world allocate budgets. That means if you're going to respond to change like a chip shortage or a supplier change uh, or a new product introduction, mm -hmm. responding to customer feedback, you would need to politically advocate for reallocating capital inside the budget cycle, which is costly. You mm -hmm. have to make presentations, you have to make reports, you have to make friends, you have to be congenial. It helps if you're handsome, you start to get politicking, mm -hmm. and which is a massive overhead. Most companies have about 60% of all headcount dedicated to that, Yeah, to politicking, uh, politicking and shaking hands appropriately and respectfully making reports and not actually building the product. Well, it'd be phenomenally more capital efficient if you had near 100% of staff directly improving the product, like sweating, welding, programming, mm -hmm. nearly 100% of staff, which is Tesla's goal because of the capital efficiency involved. That means you can't take these people's time to be negotiating for budget change. Mm -hmm. So you need another mechanism for budget change that's very fast, that's very nimble. Right. Okay. So Scrum is a awesome step towards that. What, what Scrum does from my perspective as a certified Scrum trainer is it introduces 30 day or less budgets. We call those sprints. Mm -hmm. It's a funded release, including testing, including design. A lot of companies don't do this, even though it's part, they, they say they're doing Scrum and don't actually have 30 day or less budget cadences because that means disrupting their current budgeting cycle. Mm -hmm. I get that step-by-step, step, please get there. But part of the goal of Scrum is to do that and you won't be able to move past Scrum until you do. Mm -hmm. So that is the hard work some companies still have to do. That's an interesting take. Mm -hmm. Once you've achieved 30 day or less budget allocation, and Scrum has an accountability just for that called the product owner and, mm -hmm. and maximizing the value of those iterations and a list of what those are called a product backlog. And as long as the product backlog can change with feedback at any time, you have increased your agility. Mm -hmm. Scrum actually predates agile. In my definitions, it's actually not an agile method, uh, but it moves you towards agility if you actually do 30 day or less budget cycles and have a mechanism to change what the next budget cycle is at any time called the product backlog and some coalition to do it. In Scrum, it's accountability called the product owner. Yeah. Okay, that's Scrum. If you're already at 30 day or less budgets and you're already able to produce product within 30 days, test it, certify it, give it to customers. That's huge. Most companies are not there. Most companies yeah. need Scrum. Mm -hmm. If you're already there, you're at 30 days or less, now the five events of Scrum, the three accountabilities of Scrum, the three outputs or artifacts of Scrum, those are overhead now. Mm -hmm. Those are now slowing you down. And that is where Tesla is. Tesla is at 60 new part introductions a day and 61 or more part deletions a day. So the total part count is going down to keep serviceability becoming simpler and warehousing becoming simpler, yeah, uh, continuous aggressive simplification, um, that you there is no time to do sprint planning, much less uh, scaled agile framework, which is even slower than pure scrum. Yeah. Um, 
iteration planning, big room planning. There's no room for that in any of the Musk companies. Now there's room for that in a lot of companies. Yeah. If a company has an annual longer budget, I will recommend Scale Dazzle Framework to help them get to quarterly releases through the train system and big room planning. Once they've accomplished that, I'll recommend cross-functional scrum teams that manage their own dependencies inside to get to 30 day or less budgets and releases. Once we're less than 30 days, you get, you're, you're attempting to do what the Musk companies are doing, especially if you've gotten under a week. Mm -hmm. You can sort of keep scrum useful down to a week. Less than that, it's, actually just silly. You can make it work, but it's not adding value. That is where you do what the Musk companies are doing. And you actually shouldn't call it agile anymore because the agile manifesto says we're going to allocate budget. We're going to release product with customer feedback from a couple of weeks to a couple of months with a preference right. to the shorter time scale. So if you're past a couple of weeks, you're past agility but I don't know what to call it. So I still call it agile at Tesla. In Tesla, there was not a name for it. There okay, was so, not a name for it. Yeah. So what what would it look like? Is it like uh, um, Kanban-esque or is it like, um, what, what is like uh, teams are just like totally self-managed uh, building their own way of, of working? Is it something that results out of the mob? What is, uh, what, what would you see there on the ground? It, it's not exactly Kanban. It's like Kanban if you had just one column, just a mm -hmm. doing column. So it's so like a focus. Mm -hmm. uh, but a, someone who is familiar with Kanban and whip reduction and flow theories would be, feel very at home yeah. in Tesla, but, but it's simpler than Kanban. It's like Kanban with one column. Uh, and it's a lot like open space. Mm -hmm. So for those of us who attended the Global Scrum Gathering Denver, uh, which was just last week, Mm -hmm. I don't mean to make this recording sound so old three years <laughs> from now, but uh, it was I, actually it, it ended yesterday, it closed yesterday. Um, much of that conference, as are many agile conferences, was run with a technology called open space where people propose agenda items, self allocate to which agenda they want to go to, and they use the law of two feet to change sessions at any time. They can also be a butterfly or a bumblebee. And these are actually very valuable roles, as silly mm -hmm. as they may sound, depending on what is, is usual to you. Tesla does not call it open space. They actually don't name it. Mm. It looks a lot like open space. Okay. So whether you're a software developer or a product designer or a manufacturing engineer or a manufacturing line worker, which by the way, you are all of those things. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone does everything. I, I don't know if I can really explain that without people doing it, but it's it's true. No matter what you were hired to do, you were going to be lifting 20 kilograms every day, putting metal into robots, mixing paint. You mm -hmm. are going to be working with CAD. You are going to be working with procurement software. You're going to be working with a lot of AI software, no matter what you were hired to do. Right. So you walk into the company and you are in the factory. No matter what you were hired to do, you enter the factory. And it's 12 hour shifts. So in my case, I would come in at 5 a.m. Actually, I'd often come in at 4 a.m., but that's another part of the story. For now, let's say your shift starts at five. So you're already there, you're at 5 a.m. And you walk up to, well, everywhere in the factory are these monitors. They're usually suspended from the ceiling, but they could be coming off pylons or they're all around, but most of the time they're above you, just above head height. So you, you almost hit your head on them. That's important. You can see them easily. It's also available on your phone. 
but you don't want to have to get your phone out to check these things. You look at them all the time. And these boards did not have a name. I have since named them and I, and I talk about these and I teach them. I call them justice boards. I've named them after me. Yeah. So oh. they, <laughs> they, are, they are justice boards. And what these boards show you is what are all the funded projects? Like what is Tesla spending money on? Or SpaceX, when I visited SpaceX, it was the same. What is this company funding money on mm -hmm. right now, this second? These are real time. They're driven by Tesla vision. So Tesla vision is an AI stack. It is not going to solve all your problems for you. But what it's very good at doing is auto labeling looking at pictures or now video, multi-channel 8K video now, but looking at vision and labeling what's there. Who is there? This employee, okay. What robots are there? How much does it probably cost to run those robots? About how many cubic meters of the factory does it look like they're using? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, what's the cost to Tesla to consume about that many cubic meters of factory? And they automatically guess, and the guess isn't perfect, but the value is no engineer has to think about it. It's automatic they guess the cost of whatever group is working. And then that group has to say through an app on their phone, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. And how do I think we could measure the value? So they could say, we are reprogramming three of the paint robots. We think we can reduce the time a car spends in paint by 11 seconds. Well, well or really, they, they don't take time guessing a number. They just say, we think we could reduce the time a car spends in paint, which happens to be measured in seconds. Well, what the AI then does is it calculates the value to the company if the cars spend any less time in paint without defect rate going up, with quality increasing, mm -hmm. uh, and, and without consuming more cubic meters of the factory or more robots. Or if you do, it's offset mm -hmm. by the time reduced in paint. And that becomes a row on the justice board. Now, what I added since leaving, I've had a chance to reflect, right? So what you can do remote well is reflect. You can sit and think. Is these boards were unique per area and you could toggle through them on your phone. What I added is to the justice board is there's a row for each of these and they dynamically sort up and down based on value ratio, which is more valuable versus expense. That's at the top, right. which is lower value versus expense. Now, when I was in Tesla, we were encouraged to guess at that and use the law of two feet to go to the highest value product that we thought we could meaningfully add value to, or we were really passionate to learn and we thought it was worth the investment in our learning. And we were asked to make that call. There was no manager allocating you. Yeah. You self-allocate like attending an open space conference. And you can use the law of two feet to go to a different work group anytime. And wow. what these work groups are changes in real time because people can propose them from their phones. They can just go to a, a new area wow. and start working on a new idea and propose it with their phone. Well, now the justice board dynamically ranks highest value top, lowest value bottom. And if what you propose is at the bottom uh -huh. and it doesn't look, and you don't have a great idea of how to dramatically right. increase its value, you should probably use the law of two feet and abandon it immediately. Right. <laughs> you are just hemorrhaging yeah. money. <laughs> oh, what a, what a great concept. It's like, you know, like open space, I've used it, you know, obviously in a lot of conferences and I had Harrison Owen here one time on, on Agile FM um, to, to speak. Oh, what an interesting uh, concept, right? But now to use it actually at, at Tesla. So if I, 
what I'm um, in, in the development uh, stages, right? So what's super fascinating is it's like, you're talking a lot about group work, you're talking about crowdsourcing of ideas. Um, I heard recently, uh, I forgot the reference, I have to look it up who, who that is obviously, but I heard the sentence, somebody saying the next 10 years, we see more innovation than in the last hundred years combined. Um, and, uh, and companies obviously need to be prepared for that. Do you see that as a recipe for it? Is this, because you said 110,000 employees, the company obviously grew very, very fast to that number. You guys are doing, or have been doing things uh, in doing your employment, you observe things of crowdsourcing. Do you think that's scalable bigger if that company is growing? Uh, like what's, what's your advice for companies that are possibly looking at that stat saying like in the next 10 years, there's so much innovation. Are we ready for this? What should we do? There are two enablers that I'm aware of now. One is Musk's philosophy of do your chores, and you have to do those every day. That's what prevents the company from becoming siloed, hierarchical. Like when you join Tesla, you're given the anti-handbook handbook. It's four pages long, and it's been leaked online. And it looked exactly like the one I was given. So I believe four the pages. leak is completely correct. And it's four pages. That is your training. <laughs> that and then safety training, and you're in Tesla. It takes four hours total. You're, you're in, you get your work shoes, uh, you get two pairs of safety shoes mm -hmm. and you get the, the AI apps downloaded onto your phone, which replace management. So there's effectively no managers in, in the Musk companies. Mm -hmm. uh, AI has replaced that, which is the idea of digital self-management, which moves towards the goal of hundred percent of staff directly improving the product, which is higher financial efficiency, higher capital efficiency. Part of the anti-handbook handbook it's very few words, it's four yeah. pages. Four pages. Oh. Part of it says you can talk to anyone, you can go anywhere, you can do anything. And in fact, if you see a bottleneck, if you see a problem and you don't go work it, we will hold you accountable for that. So it is your job, no matter where you saw it. Oh, and cool. it says you can talk to anyone, anywhere. You can talk to Elon. If talking to Elon is the fastest way to resolve this bottleneck, you must do that. Mm -hmm. And if anyone tries to stop you, they will be fired immediately. <laughs> this is what prevents the hierarchy. Now, yeah. what that means conversely is if someone prevents you from talking to Elon, for example, about removing a bottleneck, not because you're like, hey, what kind of pizza do you like? But because you, you wanted to, I mean, you could do that too. Elon's a yeah. pretty friendly person, but especially about a bottleneck to the organization someone actually has to, to fire them immediately. Right. And so Elon actually has to check, is that happening? Are these words still what is running the company? So that's part of the do your chores. Yeah. If you are in the position of deciding who gets paid, who doesn't, who's on staff, who's not, who has access inside the company, who doesn't, what we usually mm -hmm. call employment, but now in the Wikipedia global contribution model, it's more like who has author access, right? But whatever, if you're in the position of determining that, you have to do your chores every day. Now, the second part of that is you can automate a lot of those chores. I just mentioned digital self-management. Right. This is truly, in my opinion, the Musk company's superpower. What Elon is doing is intensely funding and joining the mobs to automate away wait states. If someone is waiting 
to ask a manager or an expert, did I do a good job? If we can, that should be an app on your phone and running on the monitors above you. So you never have to wait to talk to another human. Mm -hmm. The idea of Elon's chores are being automated to the extent they can be. And that is part of the goal is that is what x.com is supposed to be supposed to become eventually, which is a, a domain, a, just a URL domain on the internet that Elon owns an aspiration for x.com, which was tweeted to Elon a couple of years ago. And Elon replied, yes, that's exactly what I should do. You're right. Um, is for it to become the parent organization that keeps the other companies lean and valuable wow. and radically innovating. So you don't have the founder's departure complex where when the founder, when the founder departs, the company dramatically slows down, That's falls right. into corruption, falls into debacle and decay. Wow. Well, the attempt to solve for the founder's dilemma, because Elon says, look, by the time someone is 70, they probably shouldn't have a job. Their brain is corroded biologically that until Neuralink does what Neuralink is supposed to do, you should not be running a company. And Elon says, no one should be CEO forever. So you can count that down. That's 20 something years, yeah. Like 18, 21 years from yeah. now, period, mm -hmm. until Musk says, no, I, I would be inc incompetent. It'd be criminal yeah. <laughs> if you <laughs> derive from Elon to have Elon having financial authority of the companies on a day to day basis. So that's the timeline where x.com needs to have replaced most of Elon's chores, if not all with automation then you have a rules engine like playing a video game to keep the rate of innovation high to keep the politics out to keep silos out to keep a flat nimble organization at any size mm -hmm. elon because of an aggressive workday, is able to do that across five companies simultaneously all around the world so you can a human can you just have to make it your passion mm -hmm. just like if you love to watch sports every day and you watched two full sports games every day because you were deeply passionate. Yeah. And on the weekends, maybe you watch four. Right? <laughs> well, if your business is that level of passion, even doing your chores, the unfun part of it, then you can scale this. You can keep yeah. this innovation high so we can continue to have founders and even not founders, even board members who are at this level of performance. However, what Musk is not currently selling not, not now, is any of the digital self-management. So if you want to compete, you better be building your own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is awesome. Yeah. Joe, this is, maybe there's somebody listening right now. It's just like, wow, this is a very open and transparent conversation, right? And, um, you know, and, and I want to say thank you for being so transparent. What's interesting is I have seen some, uh, I think it was uh, someone on social media. I have seen you post something and Elon Musk actually liked it, right? So you got to like. So I hope that people, when they find this episode, that they're also going to like it, right? <laughs> and um, possibly uh, vote, vote this episode up and, and uh, because they enjoyed the conversation. For the parents out there listening to this, um, it's like, do I get my kids prepared for the workforce uh, and the workplace in the future? What I'm learning is do your chores, and work in groups, right? And be able to work in groups. I think that's what I'm hearing, right? That should be promoted. What you don't want to tell your kids is that hierarchies don't matter. <laughs> At least until they're 18, right? Um, so um, 
Um, so it was an <laughs> awesome. You're hilarious. Yeah, this was an awesome conversation, right? Um, I love it. And looking back two years ago, coming back to where we started, two years ago, you did not work for Tesla at that point and what kind of vision and everything. Now we talked about Tesla, tremendous amount of information, and that is fantastic to digest and getting some insights. Um, now with your little um, cliffhanger on, I'm trying to buy land, uh, we can only assume what's gonna happen in two years from now when we speak again. I hope it's not gonna take two years uh, to talk about, uh, again, but um, hey, let's see what's, uh, what's in the making, always curious. Joe, it's my honor and privilege to be part of Agile FM. Agile FM to the moon. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to Agile FM, the radio for the Agile community. I'm your host, Joe Krebs. If you're interested in more programming and additional podcasts, please go to www.agile.fm. Talk to you soon.